0: And welcome to Pricking the Bubble. Yes, it's Mike the Llama back again for another delightful episode. I, how do I know it's delightful? Because I'm here. And who else is here? Dr. Brant Raven. How you doing?
1: Hey, Mike the Llama. How are you? Uh, very, very good. God, you, I don't know. You haven't left yet?
0: <laughs> Jeez. I've been waiting here all week for the next episode. And audio, Pete. How are you? Hello, Hello Mike DeLama, how are you? Oh, audio man. Pete. Just I know, so still delighted. don't know why Correct.
1: we're calling you Audio Pete. You're not doing any well, of the audio. I'm not, <laughs> nothing, I'm hardly speaking either, I don't say.
0: <laughs> Sorry, right, he's, he's our invisible. From now
1: yeah. on, you shall be known as Lack of Audio Pete. <laughs> lack of Audio Pete,
0: nice. Um, let's just start today by saying, Audio Pete, I know you've spent some time in China. Yes. Yeah, so, so it wasn't last year the year before, wasn't it? Oh,
2: that was about five five years ago. Now it was oh, twenty sixteen. I don't yeah. even
0: know what year it is now. Um, yeah. What I want to do is we're going to talk a bit about China, and in doing oh. so, we're going to introduce our special guest. I hope. Oh, we've got a guest this week. Well, we have got a guest. Yes, if oh, you look, oh. to, if you look to your right on the screen. Oh. That's right you can see our special guest. Guest wow. is Lynn. Lynn. And I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave it at Lynn. There we go. Our special guest, Nihal. Nihal.
3: Hello, Hi, special Nihal. guest, Lynn. How are we? Very good. It's nice to connect to someone. i this yeah. cold weather, you know, cold afternoon. And uh, during this lockdown, it's good Down, to speak with these other weather. people.
0: Yes. Yeah, Humans are in somewhere. Um so, the reason I, I asked uh, Peter about it is because his experiences with um, China are more recent, I guess, the mind Last time I was in China was in the 80s, 1980s, which uh, I'm gonna suggest was before Lin was born, the time I was in, last in China. So what I, what I, you know, Pete, what's, what's some of your impressions or some of your ideas or things that immediately spring to, bi- to mind or you noticed um, um, that stood out to you in China as being immediately different to Australia?
2: Well, I, got, I should say, too, it was the first time that I'd really travelled internationally oh. I've been to New Zealand, but, but that's not very different to Australia. But China is extremely different. Mm. Uh, you I were there for, the for a, movie,
0: really, a movie thing, wasn't it?
2: I had, I had many moments where I thought, I'm not in Kansas anymore. That right. that sort of
0: um,
2: thing. Right. First, first thing was just driving out of the airport and realising that the line, lines on the road are just sort of guidelines. There, you're not know I meant. You don't have to stay in a lane. You can sort of drift. Across <laughs> well,
0: that's how so. I drive as well. So I'm not sure what you're getting at there, but yes, a slight culture difference. So the immediate yeah. immediate difference. Yeah.
2: yeah, but a really positive experience. I I loved it, and I love the Chinese people. Are felt felt very
0: welcomed there. So, so Dr. Yeah. Raven, you've never been, I'm guessing.
1: No, look, I, it's been very unfortunate. I haven't, I haven't been to China. Um, it would be a, uh, I, I would love to go. I would absolutely love to go. Um, I've been you know, pretty much all of south across Southeast Asia and have absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, you're um, certainly the most uh, well travelled of the of the three of us. I would suggest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not yeah. there. And. Um,
1: Yeah, I'd love to go. It's just a place we never got round to. I suppose that's the easiest way of putting it. Um, But if I did, look, the closest I've been to China would be uh, Hong Kong and Macau, which we are now
0: part of it. So part of China.
1: (laughs) China (laughs) Um, I I absolutely loved Hong Kong. Loved Hong Kong and loved Macau for different reasons as well. Mm. Um, But yeah, never, never have been to the mainland.
0: So just from my my own experiences, so having been to Hong Kong and Macau and mainland China, the the bit, I can't remember, the bit near Hong Kong or Macau um, was, again, I I was looking at it through the eyes of someone who was probably about 10, maybe 9, so very different, but I noticed the immediate thing was that there was a presence of an army or people Mm. dressed in that uniform. That's not something I was used to, so that was something that stood out. A lot of people on bikes that stood out as well, but yeah, it's, I guess I wasn't really in a lot of the touristy areas. So, you know, it just looked like a, a place. <laughs> it didn't really, didn't really, um, I wasn't able to experience, I guess the same things that I, that's why I was asking Pete because he would have, he was going as an adult. And so he was able to see the difference. So this is where I'd like to bring Lynn in when, if you, without, giving us your full life story I guess when what sort of age were you when you came across here and what were the immediate things that you uh, noticed that were different about Australia and had you done much research I guess before you came across?
3: uh my story is actually quite simple, so um right. i'm <laughs> uh, so obviously I'm from mainland China as you're um leading to this um background and I came here in two thousand eight didn't seem that long ago, but it's more than ten years ago um and uh yeah came here to study, didn't really plan to stay here. It's a nice country, but you know um China is also uh, just as good in what I knew back then um and so that life changed that life happened so ended up staying here and uh I, I have to and before I talk about the impression I get about Australia I just have to emphasize like one two things one is so I stayed mostly in the southeastern and eastern suburbs of Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and only spent about a bit over a year in Canberra and out back Queensland for work. Oh. Oh, wow. So that's the bit of Australia I saw mostly. So I can't really talk about other parts because Australia is also such a vast country. Yeah, we <laughs> um, don't know them
4: either.
0: That's okay. <laughs> uh,
3: and also another point is I'm actually just one person out of the 1.4 no, billion fine. Chinese people. <laughs> So, yeah, just to give you an, a, a bit of, a, you know, understanding of what I come from, the kind of opinion I'll be talking, it just represent what I say. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a country, like, immediately when I first came here, it's just like a very beautiful, clean country, clean air, clean food, um, everyone has so much space and it's very multicultural and when i was in china i felt it was multicultural in a way that um there were i'm not sure if you know like there were uh, there are more than like 50 ethnic groups in china so every ethnic group has its own culture so you know i could be next door to some korean people they're chinese but their ancestors come from korea so they have a different culture with them i felt very multicultural back then but then coming here it's it feels even more multicultural because you have people come from all around the world mm. um and another thing is it's a society with warmth this is not something that is what i felt is different like I, it actually make me feel like it's hometown um and when i say it's a society with warmth is because people are just lovely they they want to help each other even if they don't know each other so that's the bit um i felt quite welcome um coming here
1: sorry lynn you're saying it's what what, which one is a society with you're saying warmth is that
0: so welcoming you mean here yeah
3: yeah yeah Yeah, so it's it's quite similar it makes me feel like home it's mm-hmm. similar to what i felt at back home because where i came from in china people are very close to each other and people are willing to help each other even just on the street as strangers mm-hmm. um and that one china, is not you, sim- sorry
2: Liam, so what part of china did
3: you i'm from, from the northeast it's a city called Shenyang. um so it's a city with clear four seasons we're neighboring like the province is neighboring with um uh north Korea um uh close to Mongolia sort of kind of that that north um so it's a, it's a place very, yeah, mm. no,
4: yeah. See, I'm, a,
1: I'm, I'm a little i'm a little surprised to hear to hear some of the things that you're saying though mm-hmm. it, it's it's you you often don't get the impression that that in China people do help each other. Um, you you often. I'm I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying the Western impression that we get here,
4: mm-hmm.
1: I think, suggests that they don't help each other, and that mm-hmm. they are and that there is that they are very um. They're they're community minded in the sense that that is the political culture, but they're not community minded by default as in as in or that they're not welcoming that that's the i think that's the western impression i think also you you mentioned you talk about the different um the, the different ethnic ethnic groups in culture i think people are probably aware or
0: anyway, those of I, us that have education, i'm not really aware of that i have to say thanks for about to be insulted there i yeah, wasn't right. really aware except so let for me when insult it's you completely except for when us, it's being presented in a negative sense like what what the um no, no, no. You're those
1: those of us that have an education know that a place like China has different, a whole bunch of different ethnic communities, right. um, and and but 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 we also know that um, from a political standpoint, it's it's usually touted as the Han Chinese that are the dominating cultural community, and all the others are sort of left to the side. So I, I find it interesting when you. I mean do do people over there actually appreciate another another ethnic group's culture?
3: Um in the way that a typical Chinese person would appreciate and the way that the why I say that is we I think there's less political correctness um and I don't think it's a bad thing simply because people are less afraid to say honest things. And for a country that is so big and mixed with so many cultures, um, I think uh, you need to be more inclusive, and that's what Chinese culture actually is. But you also need to be honest with what you're facing. And if you're avoiding talking about the conflict points and don't want to face it, then it's very hard to move forward and get on get along with each other. Um, so
1: that, that all may be true, that, but... But think about think take take a specific example, right? The uh, the the Uyghur people, for example. Um, how does how how do Chinese people view the culture or the identity of the Uyghur people in China?
3: Oh, growing up, I loved them because they make really good food. That's that's my <laughs> first impression um, because th- well where I come from it's not um, a like a main uh, uh, what what do you call the place where a lot of Uyghur people live. Um, however, I do have family that um, lived and worked for a very long time in areas where there are a lot of Uyghur people, and they just get along normal lovely and sometimes they don't even speak each other's language but they are fine with each other because we're just neighbors and people after all and the only and sometimes even like when you know they have different religious belief than um some other ethnic group then we go okay they believe in that and
1: right but yeah, from that, a, that's from pretty a,
3: much it but from, we, from a,
1: yeah sorry i, don't, I, I actually
3: I, I actually felt that it's they have a lot of privileges. And I felt that when I was a kid, I felt really jealous because um, if you have an ethnic background other than Han, the majority one, you can get extra scores going into university. You can get preference getting into good schools and you get all kinds of more extra social benefits just being who you are. So they get some matter. Yeah, so it's actually really good to be one of them. And See, we, not it's not until the recent new this wave of Western news about this Uyghur thing, then I go, oh, how come I I thought I what I saw was totally not that. Um, but,
1: but is the Western news right? It, it, that, that's what I'm trying to get to. What I'm trying to get to is I. I, I I can see how you as an individual, and there might be a, many people like you are all, all over China who, who love these people or, or similar people, but we, we in the West hear about the, about situations like the Chinese government not wanting these people to have their own identity. Now, so do, do you see what I'm saying? So the, the news that we get in the West is that there's trouble in China. With respect to, say, the Uyghur people, how the Chinese government wants to suppress the people and how the Chinese government wants to, um, or, or you know, mandate a standardization of, of rulership against these people and lo- those communities. Now, I am not saying that the information we receive is correct, because I'm sure the information we receive is tainted and twisted and, mm-hmm. and politicized but what i'm I'm asking you, is that correct? is is what we From hear? the mm,
3: the news that I saw, like cause i I see a lot of Chinese um, things I have <clears throat> information coming out of China about this situation, <clears throat> even before uh, the Western news started to paint this picture. Mm-hmm. Um, there was it was never about targeting. Anyone, not only Uyghur people, but also any other ethnic group. And when things does come out like exploding, sort of, um, sorry, uh, like just bad disaster happen when a terrorist attack happens, and then people are like, oh is there any particular background of these people that's mm-hmm. doing this terrorist attack? And then you find out, okay, maybe there's some Uyghur people involved, maybe there's some other ethnic people involved. But that's as much about it. And all that it does, if that kind of news comes out, is actually making the rest of Han people a little bit more con- concerned instead of, oh, just put them out or like lock them up. I don't think that's the nature of Han people in general. It's That's right. just what what I saw, because the government will do what they will do to keep the peace. Um, But in general, it's not about trying to isolate them. It's actually about trying to include them. And that's actually one of the things I was um, hoping eventually to talk about is the Chinese (laughs) culture. Yes, Um, that's
0: what I was going to – I was going to get to that. I didn't (laughs) want to get into too deep with this sort of stuff. But it is interesting the way you you explain that, Then It's a little bit like how – You've pretty much explained Ligon Street for a lot of Melbourne people is they, they, their interactions very early, I guess, in life with um, people from other ethnic groups is through their food. And so, you know, we would say, oh, let's all go down to Ligon Street. There's Italian, there's Greek, there's, what you know, all these different things. Mostly, mostly um, Italian. Yeah, and and that's kind of what it is. You're like, oh, you know, we think of those guys as being really hard workers and have great food. And that's exactly what you just said about the Uyghur people. You used to think of them as being hard workers. They might be your neighbours as well, and they have really great food. So maybe that's just the way people are introduced to different cultures anyway, through through their stomach. Like, who knows? Just no, to no, get... no I, think,
1: I, I think you're right. Here in the West, we are introduced... Well, it's just difficult to say nowadays because we get so many, so much news from so many different places that it's actually difficult to filter
0: what's going on. Well, we don't um, even trust it when it's talking about our own country. So why would we be necessarily trusting it if we're talking about another country?
1: Well, you wouldn't. Why Why should you trust anything? You can't trust anything until you go and I don't do even trust you.
0: Okay. I'd like
2: to know from Lynn um, what she thinks about. Uh, this is something that happened um when I was there in 2016, when Trump was, uh, I was, I was there, I was there in November when Trump was elected, and I, and um, uh, the general, the Chinese people around me were, were sort of thought it was, it was fine, you know, it was all good. I was worried for them that I said, now he's going to make, he's going to try and make China the new enemy,
4: mm.
2: um, and and it seems to me that there's a concerted effort. By Western, certain Western forces, to invent China, who's a who's been a great trade partner for Australia, you know, for many years. There's things that have happened recently that have upset it, but but there was this seems to be this palpable effort to make China the new enemy, like the new thing to fear. And how do you feel about that, then? What's your take on? It?
3: um well as being a chinese who grew up in china i love my own country um it's it's hard to hear other people ha- having such bad thoughts about your home country um it's just like you know talking about some other people talk about your family even though sometimes you have your own negative opinions about your own family, mm. but you don't want other people to talk about it, right? Don't yeah, no, you talk true. about um, my
0: mom? I can talk about her.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because if you think more about it, there are other countries in the world that um, kind of is similar to China in terms of how they're slowly building up their e- economic power or even their original, um, you know, this. Uh, political system after World War II. There's similar countries out there, but why is America targeting China? It's really worth people thinking about. Well,
1: America's targeting China for for very specific reasons. They're not good reasons, let me say that, but they are...
0: (laughs) Carry on, do go on. No,
1: it's very specific, right? First of all, you have to realise that America is a bully, Mm. right? It is, it, that's, that's the first thing to be aware of. And it doesn't matter, Americans can protest as much as they like. There is you know, years and th- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of evidence of, of America being a bully. And, um, you know, it, what, what the, the bully or the king, the king does not want to be usurped, you know? It doesn't want to be usurped. And so you, you, have, a, you have a country like China, which is, which which may have a political standing that I personally don't agree with, and maybe other people may not agree with, but it is a political standing that has united the peoples to achieve a certain level of economic growth and a certain level of, um, you know, uh, um, um, power that the bully does not like. And... Mm. That is why America is upset at China. Now, mm. Australia has to, in many ways, fall into line because Australia is one of those countries that, um, in, in a lot of ways, doesn't have any backbone. Australia, well, it's the, true. The my,
0: jellyfish it, of the South.
1: It is. It's, it, I mean, it's true. Ameri- um, uh, Australia has an alignment, an alliance with the U.S. And, 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 and does not have any backbone to say to the U.S., no, mm. no, we're not going to do that. No. And we 're not going to do that for these reasons right there, there There have been a couple of times where it has done that, um, and that was sort of impressive but in general, that's the reason I, I don't think Australia is against China necessarily, but I do think that there is this great movement I to think, make to make think- to make china the, to, to make China the evil.
0: Yeah, the government relies thing. on a bit of uh, casual xenophobia with the uh, the general public and, and also because a lot of us are quite ignorant about anyone other than our own next-door neighbour. And so uh, it's very easy to, to create a, uh, an enemy. I won't say an enemy enemy, but like someone to be like, hmm, not sure I trust them. And that's all the government's done. And it's just a, it's a complete political load of crap to just keep people on – side anyway enough of that well the questions i really wanted to ask lynn oh we haven't even started with the questions i thought no, i've got no no we've got to it but i wanted i wanted to check i mean you talked about the, the obviously the difference when you arrived. but what day to day just because china i know you said you came across uh, how many years ago do we say now oh, actually we won't say it because it's too big a number to make everyone sad but you would still remember day to day in china so culturally speaking what are the main things that you notice? Day to day here that are different day to day in China.
3: Uh, the cultural difference. Um,
0: if we even I, have I, culture, that is. Well,
3: I was I was about to say it's very hard to say depending on which suburb you are in in <laughs> Melbourne. You know, yes. <laughs> um, but it's it's very um, uh, how do I put it? Like I was going to say there are a lot of very they're nice people, but they have very strong assumed cultural stereotype in their mind. So let me just mm-hmm. um, give you the example. Give, give us an example, and Give us so an
1: example. So, for example,
3: I was in – so granted, this is in Queensland, but I was, you know, one day visiting a Woolworth there, um, and it was actually my first time there. Um, and I was, you know, asked by uh, a middle-aged Australian guy uh, that where to find a bok choy, and I was <laughs> – stunned you know, mm. I, I wasn't offended because I understand why he would come to this conclusion that I would know where it is, but I was just stunned of how strong he thinks in his mind about this kind of stereotype just assuming everything no, I don't it.
1: understand that at all. No, mm. sorry, I'm not <laughs> understanding you I don't know I don't know how you understood it. I mean no, um, why would why would that why would that make any
0: sense at all?
3: I mean Liv may be yeah. more
0: forgiving than you.
3: Maybe that that actually I was gonna say I I am usually okay with this kind of stereotype assumptions because as long as it doesn't harm me. But I think some yeah. other people might take it um it's more offensive than than how I take it and it's so I'm not I don't feel very strongly about it. But it's just what I notice. Mm-hmm. Um and even <laughs> funny enough in my own family, <laughs> my mother-in-law who's Australian, he would uh, she would sometimes just you know serves a bottle of soy sauce in front of me every meal that she serves me she meant well she meant well but um but you know she didn't understand that you know as a chinese person we don't really eat soy sauce um, at every meal um so it's this kind of thing it's like it's not harmful but at the same time when it gets to certain aspects in certain situations it could be a bit offensive
1: Wow, that's so interesting. That really, really is. <laughs> I'm just so intrigued. Um, uh, it's very. You should have said to the guy. You should have said to the guy. I'll tell you where the bok choy is if you can tell me where the Vegemite is. <laughs> oh,
4: that's actually really good. That would yeah, have, have been have a good that. response, right?
1: <laughs> How ridiculous! I don't. Uh, uh, God, it's that's it's funny.
3: funny. It's actually a funny thing to me. Um, I just always think about it and just um, have a smile on my face just thinking about the kind of people I encounter here. Um, and But even though there's this multiculture here, but I guess the mainstream culture is still um, closer to the English culture. Um, so I think that would be the typical Australian days, culture. Though. And that, yeah, so politically though, is closer to America. But if, although not every um, like everyday Australian people would talk... Um, highly about america
0: (laughs) no no well that's the other thing i was gonna it's this kind of leads in but uh you know we're we're in an international standard we're pretty ignorant here in australia i think the rest of us would agree with that oh
1: absolutely thank you but but, i mean ignorance is a loaded word i I am ignorant about a lot of things i'm ignorant about you know car engines i'm ignorant (laughs) about biology you know, Maybe culture, culturally ignorant, ignorant. I'm thinking
0: more culturally, yes. So it's, and and that's, the, that's evident in here. Where's the soy sauce type thing or where's the bok choy? But uh, I guess the the, the the other thing I was getting at is what kind of um, misconceptions have you found here that people have with respect to China? And I don't, I don't mean like you down the shops, them asking stupid questions. I mean, just in general, or like when you see it on TV, do you sort of go... Oh there it is again or there's the you
3: know Yeah. Um just based on my experience being in Australia for over a decade, um, I can see a lot of people actually think that um putting it nicely would be China is very monoculture. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess if we put it into the everyday speaking in a funny way, it's probably just I think everyone looks the same from China.
4: Right. Um
3: <laughs> But it's it's the and that's actually a misconception. And like I said at the very start, China is very multicultural and mm. not just as in you know the 56 different ethnic groups. Um, and by the way, that's actually a part of the foundation education. I think everybody in China knows that 56 so know. ethnic groups mm. is a common knowledge. I was educated about it at every stage. Um, in school um, in China, so that's like nailed into our head, um, oh, so we know, we oh. need to know there's other people living with us who are different mm. um, culturally, and so I guess just my guesses of where the monoculture impression may come from might be a few reasons, so number one is there is one unified official language, which is Mandarin. Um, that people might think because everyone speaks exactly the same language, so it might be monoculture. But um, in fact, if I go to the south of China, maybe every single city has its own dialect that I would not even begin to understand what <laughs> they're talking about. Oh. Um, so that comes from a different culture, or even just locally where the area is, they might be harm people, but they speak a different language. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's one thing. And then, secondly, is um, so, you know, like what um, uh, Dr. Raven mentions, there's a, a majority um, ethnic group that is, so one of the 56 ethnic group Han, is actually 91% of the population. Oh, wow. It's okay. very easy to mistake Chinese people having very similar look because we're all Han people. Mm. Um, but if you actually look um, more at even, you know, Chinese tourist shows or just looking into the history book or anything. They're actually Jewish people, Russian people, Middle yeah, Eastern yeah, yeah. people, yeah. all around China. They they all look different. But mm. if they if their ancestors came to China thousands of years ago, then they will start to integrate into the society, not only on how they look but what they eat, how they speak and their culture everything will start to integrate it won't mm. disappear but it's it's um it's a bit less obviously different from when those people say the jewish people in israel you know that kind of yeah uh, difference it's, it's that what you it would...
1: say every freaking podcast to our audience switch yes. off the tv read a book would read you a book. <laughs> would, would you say right.
0: that that's something that you notice here is that the uh, different cultural groups still feel quite separate so some,
4: there's not that... some
3: more than others yeah they're very strong in what they believe and making sure that they are different from the mainstream culture that part is something I'm starting to understand is is the belief of a lot of people here um you know there's I, I can't say it's something wrong. It's just what they want to choose to believe in. Mm. Um, but coming from China, I personally, just the culture and the education I received just teach me that you need to be inclusive and to learn the good things from other culture and, you know, to continue to improve yourself. And that's, that's what makes China last so long in a history without a, a broken um, part in its history. See, it's
1: so interesting. I've never ever heard a Chinese person say these things.
4: I, yeah, because I don't, we don't <laughs> we don't
0: hear from them. We hear don't, don't like someone them. else telling us about
1: no, it. No, no, no. We do hear from them. I mean, I, I've got I've got a, quite a few Chinese friends. I work with them, and I and I appreciate them, and you know, some I muck around with them a lot, and 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 everything. Um, but you never hear. You never hear someone say, "We are taught that we need to be inclusive. We are taught that there's this this many groups and we need to include them all. Um, yeah, well, it's, I actually,
3: uh, I should say, i i'm I'm very interested in history, so I may read a bit more on history than average um, people China, in China. Um, but just um, as you said, maybe i think it wasn't exclusively saying everyone you need to be inclusive you can't (laughs) discriminate other people in school system however just as we were learning history because history is a subject in school um just the history itself the stories actually tells you what china and chinese people have been doing it was oh there's a new culture coming in oh uh, what what do we do we don't fight them we actually well of course you if they invade us we fight them but <laughs> yes, if they're just coming here with friendly purposes we check each other out we see what what do you have to offer what do i have to offer we make an uh, uh you know a, a knowledge exchange and then we see what's good about you and we'll learn from you and that's the only reason why we have we can uh, keep on evolving um, but still being able to be keeping true to our own root. So that's the bit which I think it's it's just, it's the kind of feeling you get just reading the history. It doesn't need to be exclusively set out. It's just cool. how you're taught to behave like that. Yeah. Um, Chinese people shares a, like similar belief. Um, So that might be, um, mistaking that we are all monoculture, um, but that similar belief is things, it's not like the religion I'm talking about. It's actually something like, uh, we need to show respect to our parents, to our family seniors. We need to, um, it's important to have good manners, and it's, uh, it's sort of safe to assume certain moral and social behavior standards when you meet a Chinese person. This doesn't, it's it's just something that is, I guess it's just good standard to live by. So yeah. this kind of behavior that, you know, comes from a Chinese person might make other people think we're all from the monoculture. So um,
0: I was just going to say, I, I hear that and I think about how that goes down here. And it. there's no more evident, evidence of, of the reaction to it than like the lockdown here. It's, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to think. Australians are very much the, uh, well, we're supposed to be free. We're supposed to be able to do what we want. And so you can't tell me how to think or how to behave, and so we we react very negatively towards that sort of thing. So perhaps that's where some of that comes in, is that we can some people look across to China and think, oh look at that, they're very obedient, they're doing what they're told, they're behaving in that sort of way. We don't like that. We want it. We where's your freedom? And it's like. Mm you can be polite you can be nice you can do the right thing and still have freedom it doesn't mean you have to be oh, to choose my words correctly here. it doesn't mean you have to be an asshole about it which is you know, what australia right. kind of is well, and the, that's the, 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 bit the that problem the problem with, with me well
1: oh, hang on a sec the, pro, the problem with the freedom argument that people have been put been putting forward especially during the pandemic oh, the sorry. problem with that argument is that their perception of freedom impacts my freedom Mm. and freedom is in all is such that it shouldn't so negatively impact my freedom i mean i can go i can have a certain freedom i can argue and say should i go and have a freedom that i can go and kill someone well no that would not be a good freedom because that would then impact the person that i'm killing Mm. right so that's not really a good freedom in the same way Protests are important and, um, you know, they're they're, they're actually crucial to the forwarding of a society. But if you are protesting and impacting my health at the same time or you're impacting the economic prosperity of a country, that's not a real good standard for freedom. Now, having said all of that, let's be honest, the human rights or or, or, the human rights record of China is not that great. Would that be a fair thing to say?
3: I've learned that since I came to Australia. Um, so, and, and that's one of the things I'm hoping to say is that, I guess it, you would probably agree, if a person has never experienced something, be it a good thing or a bad thing, they would never try to look for it or never, they they won't be longing for it. Um, so How do you mean?
1: Explain, explain. So I for think example, if, yeah, you,
3: um, if you think, so how do I, uh, let me think of an example that I, it really remind me of this when I first came to Australia. Um, so, if, for example, uh, yeah, I first came here and I heard someone talking about their job situation and how um they need to go on to the social benefit, um, you know if they don't have the job. and i was I was so amazed to hear that, and I was like, that is really good. They will really get taken care of here. But at the same time, I think of it as a bonus while in China. If something happens, then you need to fend for yourself. For the individuals, it's not great. But it also gives you a motivation to try harder. And that's why when you see a lot of Chinese people, you think they work too hard, they're trying too hard for everything, because there's so limited resource there in China. And even if the government is kind enough to distribute everything evenly across everyone, there's still not enough. Mm -hmm. So um, people have to gather their own strength and try extra hard to make their own living and not to rely on the government. While this is good to have the government uh, back you up, um, people will start to rely too much on the government and lose their ability to try to make their own living if they have this kind of benefit for a long time I'm not saying getting rid of it because everyone paid tax and that's where the social benefit comes from Um, but I'm just saying that it's at I think the government is waking up to it that's why they're making a lot of um conditions for people to apply for those social benefit well
1: hang on i i I don't think that's necessarily true i don't think if you have if you have the government backing you up i don't think it necessarily leads to a big bunch of people sitting back and doing nothing i can speak for myself and say that um you know the the getting of a social benefit certainly doesn't make me sit back and do nothing i get no benefits i i pay for everyone's benefits Right. Exactly. And and, yeah. and, and 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 I'm not I'm, I'm I will hopefully I will hopefully die at my keyboard. I am not interested in <laughs> not retirement. Yet. I'm not interested in in, uh, in in getting any social benefit. Right. So even though it exists, I don't think it necessarily means that people don't work hard. But what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to look at the human rights record of China. Mm. Things like, um, you know, T- Tiananmen Square, the Fact that, uh, Hong well, I think Kong that's what protests, Lid was saying though. She,
0: yeah. she did. You If you're not aware of those things, you don't go looking for it. That's what you were get, yeah. sort of saying before. So. Well,
1: what do you mean, though? I don't understand. Well,
3: so who, if I who didn't have. It? So so if I so, you know I was perfectly happy, um, just having what I had. Maybe not as much internet access as what you had here. Yeah. um and maybe uh n- not as high of a food standard as you have here okay. um and but i was happy because i don't know oh, there's any, anything better
1: And uh, okay, so that's an interesting point. Hmm.
3: And that's the thing, that's why a lot of people are like, I'm not saying everyone's like this, but it's one of the reasons for some people who have who live in the first world country and and not living below the you know the average income line, but they're so unhappy. One of the possible reasons could be. They know out there there's something better and it makes them stressful that they're not getting it. And if they don't know that something better is out there and all they know is their own life, they could be perfectly happy with their own lives.
0: It sounds a little bit like the old ignorance is bliss. If you're not, if you're not aware <laughs> of something better, the, you know, you, you're not yeah, going to yes, know that uh, you're missing What I'm it.
1: really talking... I'm talking about things like... I, I understand what you're saying, Lynn You've explained it perfectly. Yeah. Hopefully our listeners will understand it as well. Um, and I almost agree w- with a lot of what you're saying, but I'm talking about things like the right to protest. What I think you're trying... I mean... For example, they, um, you know, t- take, for example, religion in China. I mean, there's, there's a big movement against religion in China, you know, um, or, or there's a big movement against the gathering of people or the establishment of groups um, because that can destabilize governments. Right. So, for example, uh, Falun Gong, for example. Um, there's, it's, that, that's not, that's frowned upon greatly by the, um, the Chinese government. Um, you know, so, so, so there's, there's a whole bunch of things like that, the right to protest. Now, if, if I get what you're saying, you're, I think what you're, you, you could almost make the argument and say, well, if, if I'm a Chinese person in China and I've never, never really understood that I can protest... Then I'm not missing out on protesting. It's only that's what from-
3: some people might think, but not yeah. everyone thinks that. And I actually, these days, even with the uh the firewall of China, the international information still comes into China quite easily, honestly. Um, and people do get a view of what's happening out there, um, and so people know what they can possibly do and this is why um, you know Chinese government is tightening in some of these um, control Um, and I guess what I want to say is what the government does is what the government does and the people is actually completely separate thing and I never realized that kind of um, uh, uh, that's actually another thing I was about to say about the um, misconception is people might think that Chinese people love their government. Um, I thought that too, and Mm. I thought I loved the government um, because in school you get taught that the government is the country. Um, But then when you actually pick it apart, you start to realise that the, the government is the country, that concept is probably a taught concept. But what we really love is that country with or without a government as a home and people who love their home could say, I love China. But because they were taught that the government represents China, so in, in like uh, as a result, they might think that they love the government. But in reality, the culture and the government is a complete different thing. Um, and I, I do believe that the government has, so the government itself has changed a lot in terms of how they treat people from when China Mao was there to yes. now. And it's not because, um, you know, China was like that part, the political party was like, we feel like we want to be better to the people, so we will. It's also because the people are trying to do something to give them feedback and showing them it's not enough to control us in everything. We need to have something more. So the government in turn gives the answer and try to give a little bit more, you know, every time. And over time, it it starts to change. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, the change comes very slow. And, you know, maybe the, the whole the whole change of losing the control of the internet or everything could happen in 100 years, but none of us will be living long enough to see it. And we only saw a little snippet of this long history, unfortunately. And that's why we formed the impression that you know the government is the evil one. It will never change and the Chinese people are suffering. One,
4: right.
3: not all Chinese people are suffering. Two, the government, I do believe the government will change because Chinese government is not like, the North Korea government, if I can say. <laughs> yes. um, it does change, and that's why more um, international people can come in, if, if, if you know what I mean. But um, how, can it, how
1: can it... I hear what you're saying, but mm, mm, maybe it just conflicts with my own Western understanding. I hear what you're saying. I think but there's how an can element you have, of that with all let of me it. just
3: Let me just give you one figure, and that figure I've already said before. If you have a country with 1.4 billion people and you give everyone the same level of freedom as what you have here in Australia. Imagine how you manage that government.
0: Yes, well, yeah. we can't. We can't even really manage our own things here, can no, we? No, look,
1: it's a, it's a fair thing to say. But I, I guess my what I was going to say was, how can you have change, positive change, without some form of democracy? Uh, Xi Jinping has basically elected himself as um, the ongoing premier. It it will not change until he is dead. Um, You know, it'll probably be a... He'll obviously die of natural causes, as we all must. Um, And because you don't have that level of change, you will... It will be generations and generations and generations before anything can change. Um, The other problem is, you know, you cannot criticize the government. You cannot criticize Xi Jinping, right? Um, so if you cannot criticize, then already you are in, Im- imagine, I mean, let's be honest, what would happen if there, there, there was, um, and, and Mike, I, I think you need to link this to some of our videos cause it's important. Um, there, the, during the bushfires, our prime minister went around to where they happened and tried to shake people's hands mm. and people would not give him their hands to shake because he did such a poor job at managing the bushfires. Um, and he got to the point where he was grabbing people's hands to shake them, which I thought was very, very funny. Yes, I don't know weird. if you saw that, Lin, but it, it certainly made the news. Right. What would happen in China if that happened? If, if Imagine a situation where Xi Jinping is visiting a factory or visiting... Somewhere in agriculture, and he went and talked. To, wanted to talk to someone, and that person refused to talk to him, or turned their back, refused to shake their hand, or refused to bow. Whatever the case might be, well, um, it wouldn't. It would, wouldn't
0: be shown on the TV for starters, and that would yeah, be very different to. Yeah, I'm, yeah.
1: Absolutely, but I'm saying that would that person would be in a lot of trouble. Is that a well, fair thing to wouldn't say? Wouldn't they
0: just move him aside and bring in someone who? Yeah, I would say
3: that's a that's a quite simple solution. And I, I But would, that's I, I would, that's not a solution though, that's my point. My
0: no, point no, but the too- solution to to the political problem of not being seen to be agreed. That's I guess it's the difference with the media. That's that's is that the politics or is that the media? The media is
3: and okay so um that what you have mentioned there in terms of the relationship between the politicians and the people here compared to the politicians in china and the people there um reminds me of another thing which is i was quite surprised to see that money here in australia can actually decide what the politician says so i was amazed to hear that because No matter was in the history of all the dynasties in China, or now in the current government, majority of the time, I have never heard just everyday people's money could move what the political party decide on, because the political party is the absolute power, and they will do things that is the best for the people, for the party. It's obviously a balance between the two, but surely that's the
1: same in China, though, Lin. Surely that's. They
3: are so. If you look into, you heard of Alibaba, yeah, that company, yes. Yes. and the the was it uh, uh, Jack Ma? That's the Jack Ma, uh, yeah, yeah, the CEO. If you look at the news of his company, the arm of the um the uh, digital. Uh, digital finance arm of that company and how that was treated in recent time by the Chinese government, you would understand, no matter how rich you are, if you step out of line, the government will sort you out. So money is not power in China, but here money is power. Mm, And so that's what I'm saying about the people and the politicians here. People and politicians can almost be eye to eye, especially if you have money, Mm. or you can be on top of them here. Sometimes it could be good because you can support your political party that represents your view. But sometimes it could be bad because the politicians will try to um, help the people who have a lot of money but don't really do good stuff. Mm. Um, But over Mm. there, because no matter how much money you have, you could... uh, you know, you could corrupt some politicians, but you could never get to the very top of the power. And the political party is always on top of everyone else. So when you make a decision, it's in the national interest.
1: Mm. Interesting. That yeah, is, is interesting. interesting.
0: Yeah, because you, I mean, we just kind of assume that someone has bought a politician. <laughs> You know it's it's just part of part of the thing. I mean Dr. Raven spends most of his time talking about how money is the driver of everything in our society oh, it is. It and is. and yet maybe it's not necessarily as straightforward.
2: Um, One of the things that was told to me by the the workers there because I was working in China is that people of power in China, like if you have you're leading the more people you have control of, that's where the power is. i don't I, I don't know. If it's, is that something that you would um, Agree with Lena, uh, I suppose if it isn't like,
0: people power, the big thing they say in China, well, people power.
2: Well, they have team like the in the industry I was in. though, you'd have a team leader, and he might have eighty people working for him. He might have five hundred people working for him, and he'll take a little bit of their wage, and that's as well as his own. That's we think that that is corrupt, but that's just the way it work, works.
3: Oh, I I, I honestly I, I actually don't know, but it's plausible. Yeah. Um, I haven't worked there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I must say, you know, it's Chinese people is no different than others. It's uh can be as easily corrupted as everyone else.
0: Well, that's Absolutely. taking money from people's funds, isn't it? But That's
2: natural because that leader was giving getting work for those people.
3: Ah, oh, okay, was... I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that that kind of thing could be common. Yeah. Um, And I think because I I don't really follow a a huge amount of political news in China, but I think just in the first few years of the current president of China, he was targeting all of these government officials who are corrupted. Um, And he he tried to make a good impression in front of every Chinese person and showing them that he really meant it when he wants to um, catch all these corrupted people we still, everyday people still believe that corruption is happening every day, but um, at least you know the government is serious about it. Like, as simple as um, previously, before he was um, trying to catch these people, the government officials could be attending, I don't know, their cousin's wedding or something, and then give out really big um, money to the red red pocket, we call it, to um, give to the newly wedded couple. That's like a custom thing mm-hmm. and then this kind of thing just completely disappeared like you as a government official even if you don't give anyone money you don't even want to attend those big wedding big celebration or anything like that because you don't want to be seen to associated to be associated with any financial gain or anything like that so right. it's it's quite serious and people do report on each other if they don't like each other unlike this kind of behavior if you do it in private um so and people don't get caught on this kind of thing so unless you're very skillful it's um yeah not easy to escape this kind of nationwide um uh nationwide movement to try to reduce corruption or even, th- even eliminate we've,
4: it.
0: we've seen an awful lot of stuff over the years whether it's russian or, uh, or, you know, USSR or Chinese sort of uh, movies or stories where it's all about the Communist Party and how everyone is is trying. You can't trust anyone else. And th- that's just the way all this stuff goes. And I suspect that's probably where we get a lot of our impressions about what's going on at, the, at a political level, yeah. I guess, anyway. Um, uh, yeah. no, I, I did want to sort of – I'm going to finish up, but I'm going to ask you just a couple of very easy questions for you so besides, that your, easy. Shush, besides your family what's the main thing you miss about china and in saying that if we ever get to travel again what are the besides seeing a panda or a big wall which is the equivalent of uluru or kangaroo what are the sorts of things you think that people would want to see or should see in china
3: so i guess the um, main thing would be the convenience of getting anything in china um, so because the um, the uh, logistics, whole logistics system is working out very well because China is so populated, so you can basically buy anything and get it almost the next day or even the same day. So that's very a me. novel idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Has, hasn't happened here for ages.
3: Uh, it's hard. I don't think Australia can get there ever because of, we're just such a big country with so few people. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and that 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 kind of you know it's a lot of people that you have to live with, but you get convenience of getting the supply anytime, getting um, the really good public transportation system, um, and you get all kinds of entertainment, anything you can think of, um, and very rich um, tourism uh, resources. So you can go to a different part of China, even in the same. Province, you could get different landscape. So you're never short of going to places like here in Australia. You could name a few places that's very well known, and then you could go maybe (laughs) or just go to Bali or, or, yeah. So it's 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 very rich in that kind of resource um, and beautiful food. Because um, me as a Chinese person, when someone's like, "Oh, what do you think of the Sichuan food here in Australia?" or "What do you think of the I don't know the Uyghur food here in Australia?" and I was like, "They are very nice, but I cannot tell you that I." I know whether they are authentic or not because I'm not from there, and yeah. they're very different food from where food from where I came from. And in China, that that kind of food scene is is so amazing. You could go to any city, and they have their own specialty, and it's not almost even not related to each other. It's, it's a complete different scene wherever you go to a to a restaurant.
1: That's what I'd be going for. Um, <laughs> if, I'd be absolutely for the food. Oh my. God. You're so
0: not, not interested in a wall or a panda? Just want to no, go for look, the
1: food? I, I, I'm interested in look, it, it's you know when I travel what I'm like, I, I I look for the history, I look for the culture. Um I you know I, weird I, buses in
4: Peru with Star weird, Wars on the weird side. Weird buses, yeah.
1: yeah um um I, I look at it all. Um I I love it all. That's the that's the one big pleasure of travelling to a different country. Um but the but you know, I've watched a lot of Documentaries and a lot of YouTubes about China, and the food just looks absolutely—oh my lord! It yeah, is any place so went,
2: good. where you went, the most, the most—you uh, go in any dirty alley or anything like that. If you went to a restaurant, it's better food than you've had, you'll find
4: anywhere in Australia.
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah. and by the way, you will never be able to find um the honey chicken or sweet or <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. You <laughs> told
1: me
0: that's manufactured here. <laughs> I
1: I've um, never I've never ever ordered those
0: things. You know that I've mm-hmm. never heard. I've no, never ordered keep, those. got to keep Australians happy. It makes them feel but like just, they're uh, just being different, multicultural. Just the yeah.
1: different types of noodles and the different uh, different sauces. <laughs> and I and I tend to love uh, Sichuan cuisine as well. Um, I love spicy food. Oh, wow. um, and uh,
3: You'll be in heaven if you go to Sichuan yeah. um, and a few other places. Sichuan is not the only place that's known for their spice. And different yeah. province has a different type of spice. So Sichuan... Is their their food gives you gives Make you really up. yeah <laughs> like they, I was gonna say like a few places I would say you can try out like first is obviously oh, this is Sichuan restaurant uh, sorry Sichuan province everyone know about it um, and it's also very relaxing lifestyle over there um, it's quite well known in Sichuan compared to the rest of the country they have a much more relaxing lifestyle for some reason. Um, and so slow paced life there and you could go to Yunnan province it's right next to Vietnam so the tropical climate is beautiful and it's also got a huge amount of different ethnic groups there so different culture experience um, and there's also Tibet um, both environmentally and spiritually the purest place in China um, and Xinjiang I would recommend it it's, it's so good I, I went there um, when it was peaceful um, and so I I, um, I think it was good food amazing people and um, ever-changing landscape across Xinjiang because it's such a big area they have desert there but they also have snow mountain there and they have um, grassland there so it's like a small country almost on its own the, the, because of the variety of landscape they have there and you can That's never good. miss Xi'an. Xi'an, sorry. It's, yeah. I have to mention that because yeah. it's got such a rich history. And if you try this specialty, um one specialty every day, you have to spend about three years there.
1: <laughs> Great. See, this is I'm, the dilemma when you travel. The yeah, dilemma is you have such Yeah. There's just no way you can see everything or taste everything. It's just anyway. Yeah. Um okay. You know, hopefully, anyway, hopefully in the next few years hopefully yes once we all get back to it so
0: all right look I, I think we should probably end it. Uh, I want to thank Lynn very much for educating no us on China <laughs> um, look I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who probably know very little about China or what they do know is just crap so it's yeah. been good <laughs> it's been good let's, to, um, to be let's hope you.
1: we let's hope we changed a few minds maybe pricked some bubbles.
4: Yep, definitely. um but
1: ultimately what I would again what I always say to people and what I encourage people to do read a book pick up a book and read it and you know try and learn learn one thing new one new thing every single day and you will be amazed yes. as to how much change your
0: life allegedly all right thank you very much and uh, we will see you all in the next podcast thank you Lynn thank bye. you
3: thank you for having me bye
1: bye bye.